You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Dance. Dance. That's enough of that. Hey, welcome to the Jay and Dan Podcast. It is uh, August 5th, the day of the taping of this, but uh, I'm all by myself. I'm Dan. Jay's not here. Jay's on vacation. Jay was filling in. Oh, man. I'm really loud in my own ears. That's deep. I'm sitting in um, the little recording booth right next to our uh, our TV studio because Kristoff is not here either. No Jay. No Kristoff. Um, and uh, they're both on vacation. Well-deserved. Kristoff went to a cottage, probably floating around in an inner tube right now. Lost at sea. Although, no, I don't, I don't think his cottage would be on the sea. I think it's somewhere in Ontario. But he's going to post this on Wednesday. Or maybe he's going to post it on vacation. If he does, well, that's not much of a vacation. Listening to me. Um, and Jay is out west right now. I believe he went to Disney. Loves that Disney. Uh, it was great uh, listening to all the podcasts that he hosted. Uh, he had Engineer Jim on. Ben Teller. I think I'm just a, a, a penis guy. Ben Teller could tell a story about going to the moon and make it boring. You always expect, okay, there's going to be a grand finish. Nothing. Ever. This is going to be a Ben Teller free zone for all of August. So that's good news. Um, and also, he had Mike Botticello on. And uh, if you go back and, and listen to the podcast with Mike, um, Jay refers to Mike as Sexy Mike 38 times. Refers to his sexiness. Refers to him being called Sexy Mike. Essentially, the entire interview is that. So we might have to talk to Jay about that when he gets back. Um, what we're going to do on this podcast, oh boy, we've got a grand one planned. Well, I do. And by planned, I mean, I text some people today and said, hey, here's my idea. Let's do it. So we're going to recap my summer vacation, which includes two phone calls with podcast regulars, two people that I saw on my summer vacation. And then to kick it off, a brand new podcast guest. That has never been on before. Hopefully he doesn't the bed. Um, so before we get into that, uh, I posted on my Instagram before I went on holidays that I got a cedar hot tub. They came, dropped it on a crate in my driveway. And it looked like I ordered a microwave. That's how big the package was. I'm like, there can't be a hot tub in there. Ordered it from a company in Canada. I won't, I won't divulge because they have not been of any help to me. Um, so I put a, a cedar hot tub together with the bands, everything, filled it up. It leaked like the Titanic. Um, so I called them, said, hey guys, this is, this is flooding my basement. They said, oh yeah, that's standard. I'll just fill it up again. I said, but my house will be underwater if I continue to fill this up and there's no end to the leaks. Oh yeah, it's gotta, the wood's gotta expand. Did that a few times. Disaster. 
Finally, call back, and they say, uh, oh, you got to fill the holes. Like, well, you could told me that earlier. Do you know how you fill holes in a cedar hot tub? Sawdust. I'm not even kidding. You have to make a paste, so you put a bit of sawdust in a bowl, put some water in there, get a paste, find out where the hole is while it's leaking out, and stuff the sawdust in and cross your fingers. So you think, that's a temporary fix, right? Right, Dan? No, that's a 30-year fix, they said. Like, that sawdust is there until the end of the hot tub. So did this. Um, Eventually, hey, it got full. It's not working. Here's the other thing, aside from the sawdust that they don't tell you about a cedar hot tub. This is why cedar hot tubs are not prevalent. And the reason I got a cedar hot tub was because my house is old. It was built in 1875. The back of the house is uh, is bored and batten, and um, it just fits in. It looks like it was always there. So it it looks good, just was not functional for a while. Here's the other, the other thing they don't tell you about a cedar hot tub. When you fill it up and the heat gets pumping and, and you're in there, um, the wood bleeds. So it's like you're swimming in a pot full of blood because cedar is reddish. They don't tell you that either. And that's going to be there for the first three or four fills. So, okay, the cedar hot tub's working. That's the good news. So I began my, uh, my vacation at the end of June, and I decided that uh, I had the, the, uh, my, uh, the girl's mom had the girls. Uh, the girl's mother had the girls for the uh, first weekend of my vacation. I said, well, I'm not going to sit around the house. So Tubesy, who's been on this podcast before. What could get up that hole? Um, he said, why don't you come to me? Come, come to me. <laughs> Why don't you come to me? Said, why don't you come with me to Digital Dreams? It's an EDM festival in Toronto. I've never been to EDM festival. I like the music. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, I listen to satellite radio all the time. Channel 51, BPM. It's awesome. Um, I rock along to it on the way to work, on the way home from work. So Tubesy said... Come to Digital Dreams. And I made it there, and I was blown away. Was not the oldest person there. I know what you're thinking. And along the way, ran into our first guest, met him on our first day sitting on the side of a hill. Ryan Shepard joins us. Ryan? Daniel? So, Tubesy, I don't know if I told you, but you met Tubesy. Um, also, we can't give out his real name. Um, I don't know if you know his backstory, but uh, we've been friends for a while, and um, he came on the podcast because he had s- surgery on his penis. Really? His well, that, uh, the that, hole. That's that's how he came on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because the hole on his penis was closing up. Oh. So, okay. yeah, so he, uh, <laughs> I just thought you should know his backstory. And it, it well, kind of explains him now, doesn't it? <laughs> explains the nickname, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the one who convinced me to come to this. And he, I've mentioned this before. He has said that EDM music and these festivals have changed his life. And I kind of see what he's talking about. It has changed my life. Now, it didn't change my life, but I could not believe the energy there. I was, I, I, f- 
felt like an old man at times, but I was just breathing in the young energy. Um, your description of a festival like Digital Dreams. Well, that's thing. I've been I've been working in the actual music industry as well as in festivals for a very long time. I used to work for Live Nation way back when as a as an intern, um, and then helped put on Digital Dreams about three to four years ago. And you know, after going to festivals, leading up to actually working on them. Just like you said, the energy there is it's something truly special. And to be my friend, I can understand exactly what you're thinking because <laughs> the energy is actually insane. And being actually an actual artist as well as DJ and producer that actually can, you know, absorb that energy while playing and, and, and putting tracks on, it's, it is something truly special. And I'm really happy, Dan, that you're able to come and uh, come and enjoy it because it really is something, uh, it's something incredible and something that I think... A lot of people look at it, or maybe the older generation might look at it and be like, "This is kind of stupid," or "This is this looks obnoxious because there's kids running around with with zero clothes on and neon <laughs> clothing, whatever it is." Uh, but uh, no, I think it's it, it's. It, it, I'm happy that you able you're, you're able to come through and check it out because it really is something amazing. There's no fights. There's no. There's no. That's what I. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah. I couldn't believe. Like yeah. you'd be walking along in a massive group of people. And you run into someone hard at a rock festival. You're like, oh, geez, what is this person going to come around and swing? They, they turn around and hug you. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now you know what everyone's going to say? Listen to this. They're like, Dan, all those people are on massive amounts of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some are. Not all. Not all. I mean, some are. But at the same time, everyone's having a good time. As long as you're doing it the right way and you're not doing too, too much. And you're having a good time. But again, I don't promote it. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, obviously, it's going to happen. Just like any a rock show or anything like that. Exactly. It's still, it's still I know. Happening. And I think it's safe to say at these festivals, people can, quote unquote, let their freak flag fly. Oh. I saw <laughs> costumes that, I saw costume where it, it put Halloween to shame. Oh, it's, yeah, for sure. And, and, and Dreams is, is very modest compared to some other ones I've been to. There's, there's yeah, so it can get a little bit wild, but, but it, you know. It's summertime in Canada. We're usually freeze our asses off most of the year, so why not? You know, less clothing the better. Now, so when I ran into you on the uh, the stage, we uh, we ended up having some drinks together and I hung out. Uh, you had a great group of friends there, great uh, energy, and you said, "Hey, why don't you come back? I'm playing the main stage tomorrow." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "I've got to show up to make sure this guy's legit and not just uh, pulling our chain." So yeah. you play the main stage. Uh, the question I've always wanted to ask a DJ because uh, mm-hmm. I've never asked this before. Are you actually doing anything up there? <laughs> it's actually really funny because my I, I have very close friends that just think uh, they've called me just space bar as a nickname for a long time because <laughs> they think I'm going up there and just smashing the space bar and just you know putting my hands up in the air and jumping on stage and doing crazy. <laughs> but no, it's uh, I am actually doing something. So it go, a lot of planning goes into place. Obviously, I'm not kind of going off the cuff of um, I, I, I ahead of time. I, I create a a very tailored set list of, the, of tracks that I think is going to go over really well and is going to bring the right energy to a festival. And then what I'm doing is, is, is there's two decks on either side of me and I'm going, I'm mixing one song into the other over and over while adding effects and, and making sure it's clean. So it sounds like, you know, so we don't lose the energy. So like the song ends and then it goes silent and then there's another one <laughs> and mixing it in properly. And, and so the, but as long as the energy is there, but yeah, it is very tailored, but I am doing more than hitting a space bar or pressing play. Yeah. Now at some point, do you hit, a song maybe uh along your travels at uh, festivals and you're like man i judged this crowd wrong that was the wrong selection <laughs> i have actually done the classic it's not, it's not like the crickets but <laughs> you look out and you see just like this like blank stare on people's faces staring back at you and you're like 
yeah, I got to change this up right right away because this is not going to work. Now well. it so, might yeah. have happened with a song that I personally requested for you to yeah. to mix. I asked you to mix Billy Joel, My <laughs> Life. You did not do that. Did you expect crickets if you had done that? To be honest, it is it is a banger. So <laughs> I, I, I it might have gone over a lot better than I expected. However, I did shout out, are there any Billy Joel fans in the house? <laughs> the only reaction was Daniel Joel from the back with both hands up in the air. So. Uh, yes, <laughs> this is true. Um, now, when you mix or anyone mixes uh, a song, like right now the, there's the big uh, Whitney Houston song out right now. Yeah, of course. Lukaga. Yep. Does the Whitney Houston estate or if a, a singer's still alive, it's their song, do they get paid from this? Um, I mean, it all depends. I think I think they're they're as long as they're I think it's their family that's in place. They is I think they take over majority of it because I know it was, like I've used my my main track with Loud Luxury um, called uh, Fill Me In was a Craig David sample. Oh yeah. So he's he's still alive, but at the same time as he we just you just pay the royalties out and, and you distribute it properly and yeah he I mean. He gets all the publishing, so it's it's a really long process to be honest with you to to clear a sample. You have to go through the label, then you have to go through you have to copyright issues, all these things. So it is a bit of a process. But um, with, in regards to the Whitney Houston thing, I don't know about the whole um, if someone's like deceased, how that works. But I know that that we needed to work. It, it took a long time to get the the Craig David sample cleared before we were able to put the song out. Craig David. Yeah, that is yeah. a banger. Oh, um, man. <laughs> uh, with the last name Shepard, yeah. are you related to the famous Chris Shepard? See, that's hilarious that you said that. Was, I, I got a good story for this one, actually. So uh, my cousin and I, my cousin was the one that got me into uh, producing DJing actually a long time ago. And um, I got put into one of my first ever DJ gigs. So we used to play together as a duo um, called, ready for this, Shep Rex. <laughs> Similar to similar to a shipwreck, yeah, but not, yeah. but but very clever as, as as you can hear. So, yeah, so we we played actually in the good old town of Timmins, Ontario, at a rib fest. So Timmins, you can imagine uh, Timmins, home of Shania Twain. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So I played. It was one of my first ever shows. We played as a duo, and and yeah, we played at this rib fest. And here's the best part: we, I got sent because um, it, it made it, I guess, to the local paper that Chris Shepard and Ryan Shepard were coming to play. The Timmins Rib Fest. Yeah, Shepwreck. There you go. There you go. Shepwrecks. Yeah. <laughs> Shepwrecks. So, so this this made this rumor went around that it's the real Chris Shepard coming to Timmins. So it caused a bit of a stir, and we we got sent on the way in by the promoter that booked us like messages and emails from people being like, "Oh my God, is this the real Chris Shepard coming to Timmins Rib Fest?" and I, I don't know what his answer was to him, but it was pretty busy when we got there. So I think people were really disappointed because doesn't he DJ with like insane goggles on and stuff like that? Yes, he was like, oh, it's Chris Shepard. He was like, <laughs> he would uh, he would do mixes back in the day before uh, EDM music was big. Right, right, yeah. So apparently, yeah, I, I think I haven't really heard a lot of his stuff, but um, yeah, we were we were accused of it of him of it being the real Chris Shepard, and it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, but we went with it. So I think people had a good time. But yeah, there was a lot of confused faces out there. So maybe uh, maybe they were hoping that it was. Now, are you uh, busy all summer going festival to festival? Yeah, it's been been pretty hectic. It's it's finally starting to you know come to a bit of a close now that the major ones are over. So dream is over. Held, as you know, this weekend was another big one in Toronto. Um, Oshiega was a big one in Montreal, which I just came uh, from playing and uh, one of their 
one of the major after parties there with uh, with one of the artists there too. Um, so it's starting. The festival season is starting to kind of close out a little bit, um, but you know that just leads into the fall, which is also chaos. So. Now, yeah. tell me, because these festivals very loud, extremely loud. I'm an yeah, old man. Yep. Um, and I was, uh, I went to, uh, what's the what's the Revival, or what's the big club downtown Toronto? Rebel. 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 Uh, and I saw Lil John there with Tubesy one time. And, <laughs> and I saw Lil John in the VIP area, and he was uh, okay. waiting to go on. And he just looked like, man, I've got to do this again. Yeah. Have you seen guys that have been doing this forever and say, like, Man, I don't know if they can get up there. I don't. I, they don't look to be too into it. <laughs> to, to be honest, in in the I think with maybe like a little John, I think he's kind of partied out. To be honest with you, so yeah. maybe maybe what? he's had it <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, too many yas and and he's <laughs> over it, right? Because how many times, like you know for a fact, if little John's walking down the street anywhere in the world, yes. somebody's yelling that at him. So and I'm I sure told he's you what his I told you what his big thing was at that concert. He said, "What's my favorite word? What?" <laughs> But I, but people who weren't really into Lil John, you wouldn't know what his favorite word was. Absolutely not. I would. I would have went with a yeah instead of what. Yeah, exactly. To be, to, to be honest, but like yes, yeah, I'm already wrong. But no, I. You know, when it comes to DJ culture, I think you know you have the big the the, the legends like the Tiestos, you have the Calvin Harris's, you have the Armin Van Buren's, you have those who have been doing this forever and go up with the biggest smile on their face and have the best time ever. So I think in, in regards to the electronic side, I, I don't see a lot of people just kind of shutting it down. I know Calvin Harris plays a lot less shows, but he plays very tailored shows. He's always in Vegas. He's always doing like really big, big ones. But, you know, like a guy like Tiesto, he's, he plays sometimes two um, New Year's in a row. He'll fly to a country oh, and yeah. then go to a different time zone to do that one, then fly to another one on another jet. So he's making three different countdowns on New Year's, and, and he's not complaining about it. So I, I, tr- think- I tried to do that the first night of Digital Dreams, but then I realized, <laughs> hey, it's the summer. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shep, and we can find your music on uh, the, all the streaming yeah. services? All the streaming services, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, SoundCloud, all that fun stuff. Okay, well, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for guiding us, guiding us through hey. our, uh, our first EDM <laughs> festival, and um, uh, you're welcome back here anytime, my friend. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Okay, that's Ryan Shepard. Yeah, talk to you soon. Yeah. Uh, I sure. just sent me a picture. He's sitting on a dock right now. I think he's sitting on a dock. Okay, so we finished the EDM festival. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a trip. If you get a chance, go. Don't count it out. Why not? It's fun. So, um, and that's when uh, I decided. Uh, you know what? I gotta. I gotta see the world. The only time I've ever gone to Europe is with work. So I went to uh, the London Olympics. Um, well, London and the rest of, uh, sorry, Europe and Asia and all that. Um, so, and then went to uh, Sochi, went to South Korea, but it was all with work, so you can't really do much. Um, and that's when podcast regular Jim Pearl reached out to me probably six, seven months ago. And he said, Dan, what are you doing this summer? And uh, I said, well, you know, I got a stretch there where uh, I don't have any plans at all. And um, he said, why don't we go to Amsterdam? And uh, Jim Pearl, if you don't know, he was our stagehand at uh, Fox in LA. We'd see him at the start of the show. He said, hey, you guys need anything? He'd get us mints. He'd get us Coca-Colas. Then we'd see him at the end of the show and he'd say, see you later. So uh, we hit it off with Jim because um, he worked as much as we did. (laughs) 
and uh, uh, we've remained friends. Actually, uh, Jay and uh, his wife and his daughter and his son, they just ran into Jim. Well, not ran into him. They had lunch with uh, Jim when they were down in L.A. at Disney. So uh, we both remain close friends. Uh, so Jim decided, yeah. hey, uh, let's, let's meet in Amsterdam, and he joins us on the phone now. Uh, Jim Pearl, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dan. And here's, here's the greatest thing about this meetup. So I called Jim's house. I, I flew out on a Monday. I called on Saturday. And his uh, wife, Sarah, answered. I'm saying, oh, uh, it's the Canadian calling. She goes, oh, well, uh, Jim's not here. I'm like, what? They're like, he's, he's already in Europe. Here's the thing. Jim has no email or phone. So I said, okay, I, I hope we have our coordinates right. Uh, we were both staying at the same hotel. That was the only saving grace. So we did meet up in Europe against all odds. Yes, we did. It worked out great. <laughs> and I ran into a bit of an issue. So I, I flew with KLM. I decided to splurge. <laughs> and um, I flew business class. So I was in the KLM lounge in Toronto. And I have never seen dirtier glasses in my life. And I'm like, I'm still having a cocktail. I don't care. So I had a few cocktails, had some food, got on that plane, um, Sat down. Uh, the uh, the flight attendant. Uh, she said something to me in Dutch. She immediately found out I spoke English. It's like I had told her that um, I had murdered her family. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy next to me speaking you Dutch, and, and they're like, they've known each other their entire lives. Anyway, so long story short, I land, and um, I had violent diarrhea uh, for about four days. So Jim. The entire time, witnessed as I toured the toilets of Amsterdam. Right, and I hope you photographed them all <laughs> and and have them on your uh, Facebook or someplace that people can judge them. Yeah. You know, because I know you did. Well, he would I... come out and and, and hey, that was a good one. That was a good one. It's hey? true, I did. And one of them, but one was a really bad one. That was the uh, so we did a lot of walking because. If you've ever yes, been to Amsterdam, did. there's a lot of bicycles. And both Jim and I looked at the scene. It's controlled chaos. And we're like, we will die Correct. If, we, if we get on those bicycles. Right. Uh, um, so we didn't do that. So we did a lot of walking. So we would go from uh, uh, pub to pub. And that one pub where I took your picture where you're staring off in the distance and I had to use their facilities, they had no toilet seat. <laughs> That's European, all right. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, I wasn't European. I was a Europe. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, so well, that's no fun. So what were, what would you tell people about Amsterdam? Um, it, it's it's, I, I don't know what the city any more than I did before I left. Honestly, the people of it. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. You remember? You know, it, it is. Um, but as far as uh, knowing the people, no, I don't know it any better than than I did watching shows on TV about Amsterdam. We, we not much, but there's you know? great canals, a lot of canals, and we found Beautiful. about every park bench that was by a canal. Because again, the streets are so it. narrow, you don't really take cars. We don't have bikes, so we're like, I, I need to, I need to sit down. Right, right. Well, here's how it went for me. <laughs> I check into the hotel. They say, Dan O'Toole would like to talk to you once you check in. 
And that's the last sober image I have looking <laughs> back at the four days or three days we were there. And the rest of it is is a cloud of coffee houses. Yeah. Ducking bicycles, walking. The, the best piece bicycles. of yeah, the, that was the best piece of advice uh, my buddy Brian gave me. I'm like, he's been there. He said, "Watch out for bikes." That was all he said. Yeah, right. Head on a swivel. Yes, and uh, so and as everyone guesses, they're like, "Oh, you guys going to the red light district?" I'll tell you this: right. if you've never been, it's creepy. We went down for five minutes. <laughs> you, I thought you would walk down a boulevard and there'd be these uh, grand windows with displays that you'd see at like Saks Fifth Avenue in New York where you're like, oh my, this is so elegant. No, it's not no. like that. It isn't, is it, Dan? No. no. It's kind of seedy. Yes, it's extremely. <laughs> you walk down a tiny uh, alleyway. Alley, yeah. And, and you are uh, one foot from a girl that's in a window and looking disinterested and looking like she wants to be anywhere but. Right. It had no, I had no appeal for it. Yes. At all. No. Even a little bit. Like, even, and I'm thinking, even if I was 20, I don't think I'd have, I don't think so. Because they looked disinterested. Yes. And tired. And, and whatever. And I so had anyway, this, that I, was that. And I had a discussion yeah. one but, night with a, with an Uber driver. And I said that. I'm like, I feel so bad. He's like, don't feel bad. They've got workers' I, rights. I, 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 they make a lot of yeah. money. Right. Yeah, all that. Yeah. But you're right as far as, you know, I went to London. You, oh, you went to London. Great. You went to Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. Exactly. And they give you the wink, wink. <laughs> Not, you know, they got to be tired of that. Yeah. You know? And I don't even know what goes on. In, well, I kind of know what goes on, but they're standing and there's a curtain behind them. I'm like, do you enter another room? Do you enter a hotel? I don't know. And is that it? Is that the selection? <laughs> Or is there another, well, no, you don't have to do that. You just go call this number or something <laughs> like that. Or is that it? Or is that, okay, that's it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's right. And um, so you know how uh, adult uh, films, they're, they're, they're given a triple X symbol to, to signify yeah. that it's born. That is the flag of Amsterdam, triple X. And that's where it stems from. Wow. Yeah. See, that's not that's something I didn't know. That's right. And we Did that who who told you the captain on our cruise ship? <laughs> the cruise guy? Oh, so, that was yes. fun. So Jim Pro uh-huh. and I, we that's what you have to do. You have to go for a canal cruise. So Correct. one day one day we had finished our seventy fifth order of French fries and mayonnaise. And however they cook their French fries, they're stellar. I like well done fries. I like crispiness every single batch. Every crispy. time. Yeah. So we wander around. We see this guy. He looked to be working for a company that sold boat cruises. So he said, hey, uh, young buck, uh, when's the next one? He said, oh, five minutes. And we said, how much? He said, $21 and free beer and free pop. So we're like, okay, I'm listening. How long is this cruise? It was an hour. Anyway. 70 minutes. 7-0. Yeah, so uh, the boat didn't come around in five minutes. He was not in the loop with the company because it was an hour later. Yeah. Anyway, we got on with the people, and we sat right behind the driver, and he was our own personal guide. So much so, we'd have to tell him as he was about to hit a bridge. you you got to look around, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Quit talking to him. And and Dan O'Toole, they lost money on Dan O'Toole. (laughs) 
and I I thought about this, and it wasn't you weren't even trying. No, you were casual. Yeah, going I w- through. I would think four or five beers, maybe six. I don't know. Oh, no, I was at but three, it, 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 and then I'm like, we can't get off this thing, and beer just goes right through you. So I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know if I've made a bad mistake. And we almost had. It was already a great trip, but we almost had the pinnacle moment of the trip while on a boat in Amsterdam when we saw a poster for a Neil Young concert. And we're like, it was, well, I think the date was like, it was, I don't know, the 9th or 10th. And, uh, yeah, right, right. and we're like, oh, that's long past. We look at our, our phone. I look at my phone. I'm like, that's tonight. Tonight. So, we uh, get yeah, we, we Ben, who's in charge of our podcast tour. Right. I text him immediately. He's like, uh, that concert has already started. I'm like, oh, and we're on a yeah. boat. So we're on a boat. It started. <laughs> I guess that's two strikes. <laughs> so we did make it. That would have been great. But I did discover, Jim Pearl, that you like um, going through museums at the pace I do as well. Because we went to a massive museum there, the... Uh, yeah, the you Reichs, pronounce it. The Reichsten or something. You go ahead. Try, try I don't it know what the hell it was. Yeah, it starts with an R. But we were in and out in like 18 minutes. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, and we didn't discuss this, but at the end of all that, and it was massive, and it is is disoriented. You asked, an, I don't know, an official there, how do you get out of here? <laughs> he said to you, you, go, you cannot leave or something yes. like that. He said, right? you can't leave. <laughs> right, in, which was like the only guy in <laughs> Amsterdam who has a sense of humor. He was like actually kind of funny, and I yeah. thought that was funny. And but, Jim, yeah, the restrooms at that uh, museum, top notch, beautiful, top notch, <laughs> top notch. Yes, <laughs> I bet they were. Yeah. Well, that was where the Night Watches was. We saw that. That's that, right. The Night know. Watch, a, a famous painting by uh, right. who is it? Rembrandt. 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 That guy. Yeah. Uh, They're redoing it. They're like, um, they're cleaning it up. They're cleaning it up. Yeah, so they (laughs) they have a pressure pressure washer on it. So I was thinking about that, too. So it had to take him, what, 10 years to paint that thing? Yeah. It's huge, right? What if, like, in year two and a half, you go, you know, not so hot on it. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, (laughs) you know, maybe I'm, uh, that would be a a drag, wouldn't it? I mean... Anyway. Yeah, if you if you lost interest and then you're halfway and you're like, oh, I gotta finish this thing. God. I guess I promise. I gotta it. do this. Thing. I promise I it to Jim. Yeah, money. I'm already <laughs> spent the money. You know. <laughs> and and um, one gentleman who was wearing a, a motorcycle helmet at uh, one of the uh, places we stopped into and had a big chat with. And I was talking about how I don't like the Renaissance oh, right. period. I remember that. And that's all yes, pictures of babies and Jesus. And I'm like, what's with that? He's like, well, that's what was selling at the time. So that's why you see because. People were buying. Right. You don't want to paint stuff people aren't buying. So I'm like, right. this exactly. guy makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, and there it is. So it was a, a huge museum. It was wonderful. That's right. But, and, and it, so everybody asked, well, do you go see the Van Gogh? And I go, no, I went to the Bulldog instead. <laughs> I make it a choice. I said, no, the Bulldog. And I have a yeah. everlasting uh, memory of um, my time in Amsterdam with Jim. When I checked out of my hotel, I was uh, called my <laughs> Uber guy, and I'm waiting out front. The guy from the front desk comes running out, Mr. O'Toole, Mr. O'Toole. I'm like, yeah. He's like, here's an envelope that was left for you. I'm like, what? Well, who even knows I'm at this hotel? Um, and it was, uh, it was a note from you that said, we will always have Amsterdam, Jim Pearl. That is now framed in my kitchen. Nice. 
I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate we've it. already dis- started discussing next summer's trip, and we've narrowed it down to, and this is not even a lie, Vietnam, right. Vietnam or Colorado. Right. Denver or Da Nang. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. They say Colorado, the Colorado is the Vietnam of North America. <laughs> so close. It's going to be a hard one to decide on. That's right. And uh, I mentioned uh, before you came on, you ran into uh, Jay and his family. So you, uh, you get to see us both during this, uh, this summer. I did. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And um, I, didn't, I forgot, but remember in uh, Amsterdam, we saw a poster of Jay in a movie. <laughs> That's right. There's a, there's a, um, a Dutch actor that looks just like Jay, and I, I sent it on my Instagram. It was like uncanny. Yeah. That that was good, and I forgot to mention it to him. And I, you know, but yeah, I had a lovely lunch with he and his lovely wife and daughter. It was great. And uh, so the tips for anyone who's thinking of going to Amsterdam: try the fries with the mayonnaise. Yeah, get the yes. ma- get the mayo on the side though. Too messy if they put it on top. Yeah. Um, watch for bikes, and um, I don't know if you agree. My, I think you might agree with me on this. You only need three days, three four days. Yeah. You really do. It is. It is what it is. It's and um, yeah. And there and there is a difference in coffee houses. Yes. So you gotta you gotta check that out. And when when someone gives you the side eye, oh Amsterdam, you say go yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Because you know, here's I we all I don't know what to say about the people. But I had a lovely conversation with a, a, a lady on the airplane that was, you know, from Amsterdam. Couldn't be nicer. So, who knows? You know. Hmm. There All was, right. I was. There uh, you go. I was uh, not spoken to on my planes. <laughs> but I did go on the second deck of a seven forty seven, and you know what? It looks just like the first deck. I thought there'd be like grandiose things up there. Hey, yeah. Yeah. You know, the old day. Now, what was it? A seven forty. What was it? Yeah, seven forty-seven. Yeah. So the old days, they had a bar up there. They didn't yeah. have a bar. No, they no. ripped the bar out. Um, yeah. But the KLM Lounge at the Amsterdam Airport, I could have spent nice. my vacation there. It's two levels. They have outdoor lounges. Anyway, that's for another day. Jim, I uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I uh, can't wait to see you in Vietnam. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> okay. okay. Miss you, buddy. All right. Okay, buddy. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that's uh, podcast okay. regular Jim Pearl. Um, just a great guy to hang with. And we we kind of are the same. We don't like – this podcast, I should say, is very difficult because I don't like talking a lot, if you can believe that. Uh, so Jim and I like comfortable silence, staring out at uh, boats passing by in the water in Amsterdam, um, staring at sunsets. So I get back from Amsterdam, and uh, one day later, I picked up an RV, and me and my daughters and my lady friend, we decided to go to PEI. And that's where we ran into, on the way to PEI, our uh, third guest and a, a podcast regular. He was in the studio um, probably two months prior to me running into him in Nova Scotia. And he said, oh, you, go, you and the girls are uh, getting an RV? If you're going to PEI, stop in and see me on the way in Nova Scotia. And I'm like, okay. We did that. We pulled up to his house. He came out and said, I was just kidding. 
Uh, that man is Jonathan Torrance. Jonathan. Dan O'Toole, it's Jonathan Torrance from Toronto, Nova Scotia. Can you hear me? I can. Um, were you surprised when you saw the Griswolds pull up into your driveway in an RV that was smoking? Well, in the circle of honesty, <laughs> you were originally going to come to PEI. Well, if we're take, taking it back a year, you were going to go to Newfoundland. Yep. And you will not find someone who loves Newfoundland more than me. Maybe Alan Doyle. But I said, in the summertime, truth be told, my money says there's no better place in Canada in the summer, and I am uh, open to other people begging to differ than Prince Edward Island. So last year, you guys went to PEI, had a great time. Correct. So this year, I said, why don't you stop in on your way to PEI? But then you went rogue and rented an RV, and you're going to go to Muskoka or somewhere in northern Ontario, No, we're right? going to go Algonquin Park. Yeah, so I started sending pictures from my property. Yes. Saying, here are the memories that we're not going to create together this summer. Yeah. And I don't know if I guilted you into changing your course or if you had already decided you were going to. But then what happened is you went to Amsterdam, as you might recall. Yeah. And then the forecast for the upcoming week that you're planning to come out here was garbage. Mm -hmm. It was Terrence Trent garbage. <laughs> so I sent you a screen grab of the forecast. And I, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to be like, you know what, you're, maybe I shouldn't come out there if it's going to be lightning fest. Right. So all that to say, I was um, excited with gusts up to tickled <laughs> with a side salad of surprised and a sous-son of disappointed when you pulled into my driveway. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I pulled into your driveway um, put it in park and we never moved it for three days. Like we didn't, we didn't check if it was level ground. You're like, yeah, it's getting there. I guess it's good. I know I ran you some power. And then when I saw the awning come out, <laughs> I knew you were committed to a stay uh, for a little while. And then also the mat under your stairs. Yes. We yeah, you didn't want to track dust uh, from my driveway into your rented <laughs> RV, but dust into your house. No problem. No problem. Um, so yes, we pulled up and we did that, and I so I I rented the RV off of the new website RVZ. It's like Airbnb for RVs. So I, I pull out of the lot before I leave, and again, this goes back to what you just said. The guy I had originally told him like, yeah, we're going to Algonquin Park, and then uh, so he's <laughs> I'm pulling out. He's like, where are you guys going again? I'm like, I'm PEI. He's like. Oh, okay. Uh, so I drive back to the house. We're loading up the RV, and I get a text. He's like, just so you know, uh, you've got it for 10 days, and you get 200 free kilometers a day. And then after that, it's 50 cents a kilometer. So I started, Holy catfish. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing the math, and I'm like, it, we're doing it. I don't care. That's why once you got to my driveway, you're like, we don't really need to go much beyond this. <laughs> That's what you want to hear any guest say when they pull into your driveway. I said, so what are your plans, Dan? And you said, honestly, we put your address in our GPS. We didn't really get beyond that. Like, well, they might be here for a week. And without a word of lie, the next morning, you're like, here's some campgrounds. Uh, these look good in PEI. <laughs> well, okay, so that, that doesn't sound great when you say it like no, that. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm Truth kidding. be told, the next morning when I took my dog out to use the bathroom, I heard... Out of your little RV. Henry, little Henry, get the hell off my lawn. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you settled in already. So you Just have a, a, a great place, a, a gorgeous family. Uh, we had a blast. You even took us into Halifax 
to, to look around. You also used this to drive a vehicle back because you had a vehicle we needed to pick up. Yes, so. I did. <laughs> You're that, like, but that was kind of a win-win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you took us out in your boat um, with the, the tube behind. And then you brought us fish and chip dinner to the boat. It's true. You... All of those things are true. All of those cliches about um, East Coasters are true. Most cliches are born out of some kernel of truth. But I think, you know, for folks that live on the East Coast, uh, you know, we don't have jobs necessarily per se, but we do have a lot of time on our hands, and maybe that's why we're so hospitable. And and more often than not, we're just so happy that people have uh, made the effort to come out and see us yeah. that we want to put on a bit of a show. Now, uh, I wanted to touch upon two things, and hopefully uh, you can discuss this because it's pretty personal. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, your your horse, uh, Copper, and your wife, Carol, when the vet came, because this... This story is fascinating to me. It the, is. The vet came the day we were leaving, and what happened? Well, I, I always say Carol looks at Copper the way I look at Carol. They're, um, he's her <laughs> forever horse, and they're really connected. And um, they, they do this natural horsemanship stuff where they can jog side-by-side uh, side backwards and stop in sync. Like, they're really, really connected. They're good buddies. And I think she showed you Copper bowing, right? Yes, he bows to get treats. Yeah. Um, so seeing a horse bow is pretty cool. Um, alas, the vet came and went up to his shoulder in Copper's bottom because Copper had been having some trouble urinating. And uh, the vet rooted around in Copper's rectum for about half an hour. And then he gave him uh, some type of needle that was going to make him pee. And he said it would make him pee within 10 to 15 minutes. And after 20, 25 minutes, he said, Carol, has Copper ever peed in front of you? Because he hadn't peed yet. And Carol said, come to think of it, no, I, I've never actually seen him pee. So the vet said, Carol, would you mind stepping out of the room for a moment? So she did, and within a minute, Copper peed. He's such a gentleman that yeah. he didn't want to urinate in front of her. That's a good life lesson for all of us men. It really is. Yeah. We shouldn't be urinating in front of our, the ladies in our lives. Um, exactly. Uh, another revelation on this trip was when we were discuss- discussing Sobeys. We've talked about Sobeys bags uh, before, yeah. and I was discussing my love of uh, the Sobeys uh, grocery, uh, grocery chain here in Ontario. And we got into discussing, like, it, it's, it's great lighting. They've got wooden floors in, uh, in like, the, uh, the vegetable and fruit section. And, and you and Carol were, like, blown away. You said, Sobeys is just a regular grocery store here. We get the high-end Sobeys in Ontario. What you've described is something in the uh, Whole Foods Pusateries realm. Correct. Um, and, and upscale grossateria. But Sobeys to us was always, it, it was a notch above no frills, but it, it was also your probably your default go-to grocery store in town. There was certainly nothing fancy about it. I don't know why the ones in Upper Canada are so um, high-end, but I have a friend who grew up on Broadview and Danforth, and she said the same thing. Sobeys was where the people who had a lot of dough went. And that's inconceivable to us. You, Incidentally, if you have a toddler yeah. and you're at the beach and they don't have a change of clothes or they wet themselves or something, cut the bottom out <laughs> of a Sobeys bag and they can use the handles as straps and you can make a plastic bag dress for your kid. <laughs> but so, they're banning the Sobeys bag in the next six months. That's it. Hey, we were in PEI and they're already banned there. Plastic bags are gone. I know. We found that out the hard way. We were in PEI last week. By the way, next time you come to PEI, we're going to go too, 
and we're going to go deep sea fishing on Campbell's deep sea fishing. They take you out for mackerel. That's the warm up. Then you catch some cod. Then they fillet it on the way back to shore. And you leave with a Sobeys bag full of mackerel and cod to barbecue at your campground. Uh, okay, so we left your house, and um, everyone in the RV, uh, I, I did daily, like, what's your guys' top five things? Like, what, what you, from that day forward, um, the visit to your house, swimming in your pool, hanging out with your daughters, your wife, seeing Copper, seeing little Henry, um, going to Halifax, that was number one on everyone's list. Great. Uh, now, so we left there, and you said, uh, you guys should hit the Cabot Trail. Yeah. Um, you do know we were driving an RV, correct? Well, I, I did know that, yes. And, and I should tell you that we're actually booked into the campground that I turned you on to next week. So I'm anxious to hear from you how it is. Okay, but the Cabot Trail, it's all like Mini Coopers and motorbikes, yeah, I'm going down the declines, and I'm not going to lie to you. My foot is through the floor <laughs> on the brake, and everyone's like, oh, that's pretty steep. I'm like, all good. No problems. <laughs> we got to the bottom. This is this is not even a lie. Uh, right at the bottom of one of the, uh, the declines on the Cabot Trail, there are these, I think they're brand new. They look like igloos. They're like little motel rooms, but they're standing. What are they, yurts? Yeah. And they've got like a glass front and stuff like that where you got a beautiful view. I'm like, okay, this RV's making some weird uh, smells, so let's pull over here. Let's. Uh, why don't you guys go over and see if they've got room at the inn for the night? While they did that, I grabbed toilet paper. There was a no number two, two rule on the RV. Yeah. I went behind an abandoned gas station and took a... Why that, was the gas station abandoned? I don't. And I, why is that the first question that popped into my mind? I guess that's it was, oh, the that's what the Cabot Trail did to my nerves in an RV. Do you not know the bumper dumper? No, what's that? That's the first rule of the road, where you're facing the oncoming traffic, leaning against the bumper of your vehicle, and that's <laughs> how you can have number two. But isn't an abandoned gas station better? Uh, I guess so, but maybe harder to come by. Huh. I guess the good thing about a bumper dumper is that as long as your bumper is still attached, you can probably pull it off. Uh, there was no room at the inn, uh, so we continued on our way, stayed in Bedeck, great little place. Uh, and then we caught the, the ferry over to PEI after uh, a few delays. We got on it. And you mentioned, again, we planned nothing on this trip. We planned our stays the day of, which which is unheard of, I guess, when you're RV in the maritimes in the summertime. That's that's kind of roulette. And then you told us what's the name of the campground in PI? Uh, Twin Shores. Twin Shores. You said try these people. So we gave them a shout. They uh, they said when do you need? It? I said for Monday and Tuesday night. They're like, uh, yeah, we got an opening here, and uh, it's a nice. Uh, you got room on your lot here. You got a nice view. We pull in this this RV lot is massive. Like you can rent golf carts. It's that big to get around. We pull up to ours. Unobstructed view of the ocean with two people on our left, one person on our right, no one else. I know. We talked to the guy next to us. And he's like, oh, when did you guys book? I'm like, this morning? He's like, we, we booked this two years ago. <laughs> well, I remember you saying last year you weren't a huge Cavendish fan, and that's the thing about PEI. I sent you my PEI itinerary, mm -hmm. and um, it it kind of focuses on more touristy areas. If you're not 
into the touristy areas, if you go 500 yards either side of Cavendish, yeah. you can have your own isolated, abandoned white sand beach. It's bananas. Yeah. Uh, we saw no one driving to this campground because you're driving past farmer's fields. The kids are like, oh, we want to get a, a, a PEI tourist shirt or something. I'm like, well, there's no tourist shops out here. I know it's the best. Um, so, yeah, that was absolutely stunning. Walked on that beach uh, for a while. And there was one thing I saw on the Cabot Trail. And I don't know if my mind was deceiving me or not, but everyone on the RV saw it. There's a go-kart track at the start of the Cabot Trail. Do you know the name of it? <laughs> I don't, but I, I bet if we went to the Google, we could no, find it. No, it's not on there. It was called Hey Dad. And I'm, that's one of my biggest regrets in life that I didn't stop and take a picture of it. It was a go-kart track named Hey Dad. Hey Dad, <laughs> we should open a go-kart track. That's so Cape Breton. Did you happen to go to the Lick-A-Chick? <laughs> that's one of Cape Breton's premier family restaurants. No, the we went for a lobster chick. dinner in Bedeck. What'd that set you back? Oh, that was two forty. Yeah. But worth every penny. You can't put a price on memories like that. Oh, exactly. The whole trip. Until you return the RV and get your bill for over mileage. <laughs> uh, I have, I have a, a, a baker's dozen of things that we're going to do next time you come out here. Because we didn't even get to do that. Like have a lobster boil at a campfire. Do that stuff. So I mentioned the overage, how much it was 50 cents a kilometer over. Our overage charge, $1,400. Wow. Yeah. He must have been psyched. Oh, he he was overjoyed. It was going out the next day. That's a nice little bonus for him. So I mentioned to you offline, I went to look at a C-class for us because I think we should get into the RV Easy game. Yeah, big time. Um, Especially out here because there aren't many options and if can a dream or whatever it's called is booked and they're crazy expensive in the high season and you look like a nerd driving around in it you kind of do so i went to look at the c-class and it's in great shape and the price is right and there was no logo on the top in the front you know that juts out over the cab yep and then the sun caught it just so can a dream oh it was an old can a dream that someone peeled the logo off so you can see that it used to be Canada Dream. So we'd have to come up with our own, like, Toolsy and Torrens or Toto RV or something. Well, I mentioned this to you after I went to Pia. I wanted to rent an RV last summer, but they don't have any there. So we need a fleet to invade the island. Understood. I'm on it. Okay. Uh, we'll have to have a real conversation about, like, so I'm running out to change the sheets and you're just cashing the checks in Upper Canada. That doesn't <laughs> seem fair. I love how you keep referring to Ontario as Upper Canada. Well, it is. I <laughs> uh, can't thank you enough for coming on, uh, Jonathan. Your family's awesome. You've got a great little uh, uh, homestead there uh, overlooking. What, what are you overlooking? Fields. We're overlooking fields. But you and yours are always welcome, bud. It was a real treat to, to see you out here. Well, as you said in a text, you said uh, annual occurrence. And I'm like, might have to happen. There you go. Book okay. it already. Enjoy your... Book it now, uh, imagine the places we could stay. <laughs> exactly. What's the uh, holiday in Nova Scotia? Uh, Natal Day. Natal Day. Also known as Bachelor in Paradise premiere. That's what Mrs. T and I are watching right now. Oh, am I interrupting that? I'm sorry. Not at all. I'm watching through the window from the deck outside <laughs> so I don't wake up the children. But people are dry humping on the beach already. It's going to be a good season. Okay. Uh, you enjoy that and enjoy the rest of your summer and say hi to the family for us. 
I will do, bye. Okay, talk to you. Talk to you, bye. That's uh, Canadian TV legend Jonathan Torrens. Um, uh, just a tremendous uh, host. And um, then he came back from PEI. And that was, uh, oh, and uh, Tessa Bonhomme got married. So I went to Tessa's uh, wedding a day later, which was awesome. Her dad and her husband, there was a live band playing, got up on stage with her husband playing the drums and her dad playing guitar. And there was uh, someone singing at the wedding reception. I'm like, I've never seen a groom and the, and the bride's dad on stage playing. I'm like, this is like a, a memory you'd never forget. So that was very cool. And um, I'm not, I didn't start any media feuds like Jay did when he was hosting the podcast. Maybe I'll do that. Um, when Jay had that media feud with Chris Broussard, uh, I was following along on social media, even though I was only checking social media once in a while, but I, I, I'm on a text chain with Jay and people were sending clips of it. I, I would have hid under a sheet. I, I don't like confrontation, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? So I could never do a media feud, unless it's with James Duthie. I'll start one with him. James texted me the other day. He's like, hey, uh, I know it's your last day of vacation. Uh, you want to go golfing? And he said it was like at 4.30 a.m. or something. Hey, Duthie, pick a normal time in which people can golf at and still get sleep. He's still offering. Another, well, I guess Duthie will be back to work in December. Um, Jay will be back here uh, end of August. So after the long weekend. Oh, he gets two long weekends. Oh, what a dick. I didn't know that worked out. Anyway, so he'll be back uh, Yeah, after Labor Day. And then we'll be reunited. And it'll feel so good. I uh, don't know who I have planned for uh, the coming weeks, but I'm sure it'll be great. Um, I hope. Um, there will be no Ben Teller, though. That is a guarantee. 100% no Ben Teller for all of August on the Jay and Dan Podcast. Don't forget to uh, get your tickets for the Jay and Dan Podcast Tour. Jay announced a new date. Uh, Regina. Let me get the date here. And I'm not very good at planning things. The date for Regina is November 15th. Yeah, it is. November 15th, Regina. Um, tickets are selling well there. We are like uh, three tickets away from selling out in Saskatoon. Uh, we're also going to Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Victoria, Winnipeg. And it all starts September 20th in Victoria and then the 21st in Vancouver. And then we continue in October. Uh, so, yeah, get your tickets. It'll be a blast. Uh, you never know who show who will show up. Uh, maybe Jonathan Torrance. Maybe a Jim Pearl. Maybe an engineer Jim. No chance Ben Teller shows up because he's not invited. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast. 